It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 977 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, July the 2nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, of course, where you can find links to every episode of the podcast. And also, please make sure to check out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. we got tons of stuff going on right now. The NBA playoffs going strong. The uh, All the things are going strong. I don't know. Baseball is in full swing. The NHL Stanley Cup playoffs are going on, and the finals are taking place. You have the Lightning and the Canadians going at it. we got Locked On shows covering those teams, of course. we got Locked On shows covering basically every team you could ever think of in North America. So uh, please go and subscribe to rate review support it's always appreciated when you take the time and uh, let's get to today's episode which is brought to you by our friends over at Michelob Ultra of course enjoyment isn't the end game it's the whole game and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories 2.6 calories would be very few calories it's 95 calories but still that's great it's only worth it if you enjoy it with Michelob Ultra all right on today's show We are continuing and finishing up our week of diving into some of the prospects who are going to be there or could be there for the Raptors at number four in the draft. On Tuesday, we talked about Jalen Green. Wednesday was Jonathan Kaminga. Both of those episodes with Dakota Schmidt of Ridiculous Upside, a wonderful G League website if you want to go uh, listen to those. Uh, Yesterday, we spoke with Locked On Zags host Stephen Carr all about Jalen Suggs. If you've not yet listened to those three episodes, go ahead and do it. Uh, And today, we're talking about the last guy in the sort of consensus two through five range of the draft, and that is USC center Evan Mobley, who people who listen to this podcast know I love me a big man who can play a mean defense and throw cool passes, and boy, is Evan Mobley ever that. And I think I've been trying to avoid talking myself into Mobley falling to the Raptors at four because it's just too hopeful. I think it, it kind of feels like a bit of a pipe dream and kind of setting yourself up for, for disappointment because either the Rockets or the Cavs would be pretty foolish to not take him, it seems. But there is a chance, considering the positional needs of those teams and you know what those teams already have in store, that maybe they don't end up going for the big man. Maybe the Rockets say Jalen Suggs is the guy to lead us into the next era. Maybe the... Uh, the, the Cavs, yeah, that's the team. Maybe the Cavs say Jalen Green is too good an offensive prospect to pass up and we can trade Colin Sexton as a result of getting him. There's lots of different machinations in which the Raptors end up with Evan Mobley, however unlikely they might be. And so we got to talk about Mobley and joining me today to offer her insight as to what Mobley's all about as a player, what his season was like at USC as a freshman. It is the host of Locked On Pac-12. It is Cindy Robinson. Cindy, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Thank you for having me. (laughs) 
Of course, super happy to have you on the show. I'm glad we're getting to uh, chat with our college hosts a little bit here. It's been kind of a, a network that as Raptors fans who never have draft picks or there are low picks all the time, it's not really been uh, something we've kind of leaned on in the past. So very glad we're able to do it now this year with, of course, the Raptors very much atop the draft order. And Evan Mobley, as I talked about, is very, very exciting. He's a super cool player. He profiles as, you know, like an all-defense level defender between the shot blocking, between the switching out on defense, between um, just the the wits and instincts he showed in his one year at USC. It's all extremely impressive on the defensive end of the floor. A bit more of an unfinished product on offense, but still... Scored 16.4 a game, 8.7 boards to go along with 2.4 assists, 2.9 blocks, which is insane, uh, and a true shooting percentage of 62.4 on a 23% usage, which is not so bad for a guy who was 19 coming into the season. Cindy, let me start you with this. Just what was your overall sort of impression of Evan Mobley this season? What did you expect coming in, and what did you end up sort of thinking at the end of his run with the team in just his one season with the Trojans? Okay, so I am like probably the most terrible person when it comes to rookies. I don't ever really expect much. (laughs) Um, Because here's the idea, right? Like I always say this, what you did in high school only mattered in high school to get you to where you're going in college. And what you did in college only matters so much to get you to where you're going at the next level. So it's nice to see like, oh, they're this top prospect, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm always like, okay, what are you going to do up against talent that, you know, well, most of them were the best at their high schools. And when you get to this next level, most of them were the best at their colleges. But I will say that he definitely exceeded expectations in my um, point of view from just, you know, reading up on him. I, I know people had high expectations, but when you walk away from your first year as the Pac-12's player of the year, freshman of the year and defensive player of the year and that you're the first player to ever do that in Pac-12 history I think that's exceeding any any expectations that could have possibly ever been for you um the only other person who's ever done that in a major conference is Anthony Davis so that right there alone tells you what kind of possible career he can have in the NBA um yeah as far as him as a player overall I would say he's someone that like doesn't lack confidence um isn't afraid you know of the pressure that is put upon him as a leader on the team. Um, Probably one of the knocks on him is that he's not necessarily a vocal leader, but you know, coming in as a rookie, I don't feel like you need to be that. Even if you, even if that is put on you, I don't feel like that is something that should be expected of you. Um, I'm definitely someone who loves to see people lead by example. And Mm -hmm. I do feel like certain teams do need a leader after a while. But like, again, I think rookies coming into a space with, especially with grown, grown men that you're, you know, uh, going to play with in the NBA, it's kind of hard to be the leader of a team like that, you know? Um, So I don't think that's something that anybody, any team has to be worried about initially. Like that's something he can definitely grow in. That's not him. You know, leading by example works too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this has been a recurring thing that's come up throughout the week as we talked about Green, Suggs, Kaminga in that 
The difference between the Raptors and a typical lottery team is that they have dudes already with championship experience who mm-hmm. are very much leaders in the room who will not sort of need to be led by some teenager coming in as the savior of the franchise. And that's a pretty unique situation. And, and you know, I'll keep coming back to what our friend Raphael Barlow from Locked on NBA Drafts did on this podcast a couple weeks ago, where he said, Something along the lines of any agent of a player in the top 10 should be hoping their guy lands with the Raptors for all of those reasons. Like the expectations will be lower. The burden will be lower. And for a guy like Mobley, you know, coming into a team where he doesn't have to flex those offensive muscles right away, if it's not totally the refined part of his game compared to what the defense is, you know, that's totally fine. It can be something where, okay, he starts off with some basic stuff. You know, he's a pick and roll operator. He'll, you know, catch a little pick and pop here and there. He'll roll yeah. to the basket. He'll kind of finish easy stuff from the Raptors guards, run a little pick and roll with Pascal Siakam, four five, something like that. That all sounds great and doesn't require Mobley to flex those on-ball muscles, and they can kind of ease him into it. Similar, I guess, to how they did things with Pascal Siakam over the course of a couple years, where you know he's like a bench player to begin with, and then, oh, now he's like the third or second option with Kawhi Leonard, and he's kind of using the leverage of Leonard to get his own shots, and then, boom, he's the number one option. And yeah. you know it's had varying degrees of success, but overall, it's been really encouraging to see him kind of ease into the role as opposed to just being thrust into it from day one. And that's the exciting thing about Mobley with the Raptors as well. Um, You know, like you mentioned the accolades in year one. Uh, I'm looking at his basketball reference page right now. NCAA All-Region, Consensus All-American, 2020-21 Pac-12 Player of the Year, uh, All-Pac-12 Team, All-Pac-12 Tournament Team, Pac-12 All-Defense, Pac-12 All-Freshman, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, (laughs) Pac-12 Rookie of the Year. It's ridiculous. It's uh, as impressive a resume as you could think of. My question to you in terms of just like the on-court skill and the sort of displays from him over the course of the season, is there a single thing he did in terms of just like his general overall skill set that impressed you the most? You know, maybe it's his defense, maybe it's something he did on offense, whatever it might be, the playmaking. Is there one thing that kind of stood out as, oh, that's the thing I'm most impressed with by this guy? You know, I'm going to be quite honest with you. That's a little hard because although you did mention that you know, his his strong suits are his defense, right? He's long. He's going to get those blocks. He's going to be in the face. He's a great rim protector. The thing that people aren't realizing is how multidimensional he is. Sure. And that's really what makes him such a great um, prospect in this draft is that he may not be the offensive player of the year, but he has those skills. Like, don't get it twisted. They're there. He's, uh, mind you, he's seven feet. He has a seven four wingspan. He's fluid, he's quick, coordinated, and agile. Like, he can dribble, he can handle the ball, like, that. there's no issues there. But also, when it comes to defense, he's not someone you have to just stick under the basket and be like, here, you know, cover the, you know, big men. He can handle the guards as well, and I think that's where, you know, probably the idea of, like, oh, he's a defensive player is because he can do all of that. But offensively, he has great instincts as well, and I think that might be of everything the most impressive to me because a lot of time instincts come with time and experience you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Uh, Mm um learning the game it just that's not something you necessarily have innately it's something you typically have to learn Mm -hmm. and from what i've seen from him he just has great awareness like he's always on point as far as like knowing where his teammates are and that's where the you know great passes come from um 
yeah, to me, it's not necessarily an issue of like, oh, what's the best thing about him? He's the best thing about him is that he's so versatile. Um, and then to top it off, uh, I think that he's going to surprise people for with as much as he can contribute as soon as he starts, if that makes sense. Sure. I mean, as soon as he gets sure. the chance to play. He's not someone that you have to be like, okay, well, we have to do this, this, and this development. The main thing for him development-wise that he needs is, like, gaining weight. <laughs> and that's honestly, like, because at the end of the day, you are a center, right? And and granted, the type of center that he is is what we're seeing more of, right? Like the Anthony Davises and the Joel Embiid's, like, the ones that move more. Um, but you still have to have a little bit of weight on you because – you're going to get bullied under there a little bit, you know, sure. like big, the big man center is not the typical center that we're seeing on a regular basis on the teams, but they, they still have some weight to them. Even Anthony Davis, which is someone that I'll say Evan kind of has some similarities to is that Anthony was someone who had to grow into himself. And mm -hmm. parts of me feel like when you watch him play, he still seems that way because AD doesn't want to be the big guy underneath the basket. He doesn't, use his body as much as I would like to see him mm -hmm. I'll say on a regular basis like I feel like he doesn't know his own strength and <laughs> with Evan it's one of those things where it's like if he gained that weight and knew what he was capable of it would elevate his game that much more yeah, that's a that's a great point. Just for reference, uh, Evan Mobley is listed twenty pounds lighter than OG Ananobi, uh, who is yeah, so he's, uh, he's, like he's, four he's inches so, shorter than yeah. Evan Mobley. So that's he's uh, a little, he's yeah. a little skinny. He is. He's a little skinny. I'm not gonna lie to you. He is. But I mean, that's where his other skill sets come into play, right? Like that's why he's able to move so well and you know do that. But if he can gradually gain that muscle weight um, to where it doesn't affect his other skill sets, then that's just going to make him that much better of a player. Um, but yeah. again, you can't be perfect coming in. So that's his one thing that, you know, he could probably put some extra emphasis in when it comes time to, you know, get in there with the big guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was thin when I was 19 as well. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> It all went to hell. So, well, hey, Evan Mobley has a chance to beef up as well, I'm sure. Um, I want to get yeah. more into the potential fit of Mobley with the Raptors in particular in just one second here, Cindy, and uh, we'll continue on in, in just a sec. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. Of course, you've got your boy, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., just hitting bombs seemingly every night for your Blue Jays. If you can go bet on Vlad hitting a home run you should probably go do that he's amazing you can probably bet on him for mvp right now too it's going to be him or shohei otani and it's going to be a blast to watch through the end of the season so throw your money down on that mvp race why not before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest info don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that means if you put in 100 bucks you get 150 bucks to play with that's a great deal go to betonline.ag use the promo code locked on all one word they are your online sports book experts the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to continue on with the Evan Mobley discussion in just a sec, but just a reminder that today's episode and, of course, the road to the NBA Finals on the Lockdown Podcast Network are brought to you by Michelob Ultra at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the NBA playoffs a little bit more this season, even if every single player in the playoffs is hurt, which, as we record this on Tuesday night, well ahead of me going away for the week, it's a pre-recorded episode, uh, Giannis Tentacumpo is out for the rest of the game of game five or four whatever game they're playing in the eastern conference finals it's all very good and happy stuff yay injuries uh anyway <laughs> michelob ultra uh they're, they're they are the one that's bringing you the joy in the playoffs even if the healthy players are not uh all right cindy evan mobley on the toronto raptors i'm very very fascinated by the fit he Profiles, obviously, as a center to come in from day one and probably start for the team. This was a team that was playing Aaron Baines at center for large stretches of the year, which did not go well. You cover the Pac-12. I'm not sure if you were familiar with Aaron Baines' work at Washington State back in the day, um, but it's a far cry from what it was then. He was miserable this season for the Raptors. Of course, they got Ken Birch late in the season. That was a nice little addition, but, you know, I think an ideal situation is Birch is the backup and can kind of... You know, if a guy like Mobley's in there, Birch is a perfect kind of vet to work with uh, a younger guy as well and sort of teach him the ropes of being in the NBA and all that good stuff. I think that's a perfect dynamic that you could hope for. Uh, Mobley does a lot of really good things. He is uh, a great pick and roll threat uh, around the basket. He can pop for jumpers, things like that. Uh, you know, he, he's not just a one-dimensional pick and roll, pick and pop guy. He can do both. Um, which, of course, if you think to recent Raptors seasons, they haven't really had a multi-dimensional guy like that. You saw Marcus Saul kind of always pop for threes. Serge Ibaka was always popping for threes. They haven't had really a dynamic role threat since basically Jonas Valanciunas, which would be a really exciting thing to add to the mix. Of course, you've got the defense, the all defensive upside, the, you know, ability to switch across multiple positions, you know, guard dudes in, in any sort of coverage. Kind of a lot of Marcus Solly vibes, honestly, when you watch him play defense, the way he kind of commands things from the back. You know, we can get into the offensive fit a little bit, but the defense for me is just an outstanding fit for the Raptors. It would fit exactly into what Nick Nurse likes to do on defense. It's always tough, though, to kind of determine how a guy is going to translate from college to the pros because the systems are different. It's, it's an entirely different landscape. The, 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 the court spacing is bizarre and strange. Like it's just a different game. Cindy, do you have any concerns about the way Evan Mobley's defense will translate to the NBA level? Or is it basically like a surefire? This guy's going to be an all defense level player, you know, within a, a pretty short time here. I don't have any immediate concerns. Um, not anything that comes off the bat of my head right now, because of how great of a defender he is. And again, one of those things I talked about was his instincts, you know, and that's one of something that like, I feel like most players coming in have to work on and getting used to in the NBA. And I think the way he plays now actually would fit perfectly in the NBA. Um, it's funny that you mentioned, I do have to like put this little caveat in there. You said something about Washington state, Aaron Baines. I did go to Washington <laughs> state myself. Oh, so yeah, I, I ran track at Washington state. I was a few years behind Aaron though. So I didn't see him fully play there, but um, I am kind of aware of his game. So I do understand your, your, you know, 
Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Frustrations. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, despair. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. You're ready for a new person. Look, I hope for your sake that Evan falls to four. I'm not 100% sure that he will, but you never know. It yeah. could possibly happen. But yeah, defensively, I, I don't think that's an issue for you at all. Like, I really don't. And offensively, um, something great about him is that he can shoot. He wasn't mm-hmm. asked to shoot a lot of threes at SC. That wasn't, you know, what they needed him for. But he's a very capable outside shooter. Um, not some. I don't think this is a prospect that you have to worry about, like, how are we going to fit him into our team? Mm-hmm. It's more so, you know, just figuring out how much we will use him, if that makes sure. sense. Because, again, he's a rookie. And, you know, rookies don't always get the, the play that we would like to see them get played and, you know, or want them to. But... I don't think he's someone that you have to worry about having to develop a whole lot to play and be a regular contributor. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the the fit for me, it's just, it's so exciting thinking about him next to Pascal Siakam and OG yeah. Ananobi in that front court. I, I mean, good luck ever scoring, <laughs> like with yeah, the protection yeah, yeah. of Mobley. Right. The switchability, I mean, we've seen OG be a fantastic sort of stand-in for a center. Again, he's got 20 pounds on Mobley, too, so you could maybe give Mobley a bit of a break with those tougher assignments. You know, if there is one of their beefier sort of Nikola Jokic types, for example, maybe Mobley's not quite cut out to guard that guy just yet, but we've seen OG Ananobi do it totally capably in the past because he's a monster tank person. Um, And so, yeah, it just is so fluid between those three guys like who's the center who's the power forward it doesn't really even matter like it's just kind of like future basketball in a lot of ways thinking about those three together so the defensive side of the thing of the the ball is where the fit really kind of sings to me and I, i really really hope we see it it would be an absolute delight to see that come together um you know in terms of the sort of um What's the word I'm looking for? Just the the, the fit on offense, the, the polish on offense. You know, you mentioned that he's got a lot of, you know, he did a lot this year to kind of show that he does have that polish. You know, the, the finishing was quite good around the basket, things like that. Um, any areas in particular where he kind of especially shines on the offensive end right now that you think, okay, from day one, he can probably be all right at that and then everything else can kind of come along or is it again sort of like the first question where i asked you what stands out the most that it's all quite good you know what's the sort of read on the offense and how that will translate to the nba day one well offensively he's an above the rim player so he's looking to dunk everything that he can (laughs) like it that that is going to be something that like is not a second guess question throw it up he's gonna get it um as far as Everything else, like, I mean, that for me for sure is what's going to stand out for you offensively because, you know, that's it's almost second nature. It's like throwing a layup in for him, you know, like throw it up. He's going to get it. Um, Shot wise, you know, I do think it'll be a matter of, you know, giving him the opportunities to shoot more often. And then you'll just see that develop even more. Like I said, I, I see he wasn't really asked to do that as much, but he's definitely capable of doing so. And again, that's what makes him such a great you know, option for a team is that he can kind of be put into different positions in different situations and find a way to score, find a way to excel. So I don't think this is like, okay, well, he's only good at this. We got to stick him up under here. Like this is someone that you can kind of move around and play with and, you know, transition, try different things with mainly because 
he's offering so much and he's mm-hmm. not just a standstill big guy. He's agile. He's able to move. He he can keep up with guards. He can, you know what I mean? He has that speed. So, um, and coordination at the, you know, that's the one thing a lot of, I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of those big guys aren't as coordinated as we would like them to be. And this one, he has that. So I, I honestly think, like I said, the biggest issue with him is going to be how skinny he is and, you know, just the lack of, power up under the basket when you go up against those bigger guys like an Embiid I feel like would kind of dominate against him right now you know but um as time develops you know and as he develops I think that'll be a different story and I think he will be the type of center that the NBA has been transitioning into you know so um it is very good that he's transitional from a power forward to a center and can you know handle the ball in the Mm -hmm. open floor so it's like there's, there's a lot of benefits to him. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not as many uh, negatives as it may, <laughs> as we may be searching for. I know we, you know, we're trying to like, let's pull out those cons. It's not as many as we would think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I've repeated myself a bunch this week, uh, just kind of talking about these guys. I'm, uh, you know, it's, there's no bad option here. Whoever falls to four is going to be a good pick. And even if they reach for someone below them, there's going to be some, you know, something to that idea as well. It's a, uh, it's a really good spot to be. And, and you know, the Raptors jumping from seven to four, just an absolute unbelievable win because right. seven is kind of where that next tier seems to start in this draft, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> just a nice bit of luck after a very, very stupid and lost season for the Raptors. We're going to finish up, Cindy. We're going to maybe dive into some things that Evan Mobley can work on, some areas of weakness that maybe will hamstring him, at least as he starts his NBA career, uh, okay. and things he'll have to improve on to reach his full potential. We'll get to that stuff in just one second here. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. They're really good. I eat Built Bars all the time, and I totally stand by them. They are fantastic. They have nine basic flavors that you can get, including my favorite, mint brownie. It's fantastic. Cindy, have you tried Built Bars yet? You're on the Lockdown Network. You probably get the shipments. What's your fave? I still haven't tried them, believe it or not. Um, we got to get you a just, shipment. Yeah, we'll just blame it on the quarantine and pandemic. You know, things yes. moving a little slower. So <laughs> I have heard great things and cannot wait to try them. I think I'll be a salted caramel type of person because, you know, mm. I, like the, I like the closer to chocolate stuff, but... The caramel for me, it's it's calling my name. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that, I've had the salted caramel too. It's quite good. You really can't go wrong. And if you're unsure as to what flavor you might want, uh, order yourself a mixed box. You get two of each of the nine flavors and you can decide which one you want or many, many, many boxes of perhaps a crate, perhaps an entire uh, truck full if you really, really feel crazy. Either way, uh, not only are their bars t- great tasting, but they're also healthy for you too. Uh, just 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs in most of their flavors. Some other flavors have 18 grams of protein protein, just 180 calories, five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. Either way, it's all great. It's all good for you. It's not, uh, you know, a, a Snickers bar where it's like, oh, here's 500 calories that I didn't need. This actually gives you fuel to get through your day, protein for working out, stuff like that. It's uh, it's wonderful. So go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all one word, and get 15% off your first order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Cindy, let's wrap this up with some talk about where Evan Mobley can stand to improve a little bit. No player who is 19 years old coming out of college is perfect, and there's there are some things to work on with all these guys. Um, for you, if you're looking at things that Evan Mobley needs to improve on, needs to work on if he's going to fulfill the full sort of all-NBA-level potential he seems to have, what though, What are those areas? What might they be? Okay, so at this point... I've pointed out, you know, how great he is and all these things, how multidimensional. So most of his weaknesses are like little additional elements that would just elevate his game to the next level. Nothing like major concerns or anything to be super, you know, crazy about or like, oh, concerned. But since we are talking about this, so beyond the weight gain, which honestly would would make a difference in most of his issues if that was taken care of is like gaining the power. Um, One of the things that was, I've seen mentioned in some of his draft, you know, notes and everything were that he kind of has elements of being AD 2.0 at times. And this is not in the good way. Um, His body language and energy level raises red flags sometimes. So it's like, you know, just, always having that element of like i'm here i'm i'm always alert granted that's not a concern on a regular basis you know but something that i mentioned earlier was that ad is someone who i don't think fully knows his potential at times you know and doesn't play up to his potential at times and so evan mobley can sometimes get caught up under that is like you know being your biggest hurdle is is yourself like getting over the little things um something else every now and then falls for a pump fake or two, <laughs> you know, and de- defensively, like, again, it's not really one of his issues, but like just making, you know, being a little more patient in those situations and just reading things a little better. But again, he has great awareness on a typical basis. So that's not something that, you know, is too much of a concern. But other than that, a lot of the concerns from like, you know, draft scouts and everything has been the weight thing and how, much of a difference it would be if he were to just put on a few more extra 15 to 20 pounds because you know it makes all the difference of being bullied under the basket or being the bully and at the end of the day as a center that's kind of what you're gonna have to do you know so yes he's a great defender yes he's long yes he can get to blocking shots before it's you know without even having to make contact like that but It'll make a difference. And I think, too, that at times he's a little anxious to actually come into contact with players. And, again, that might be very much, well, the lack of power. So all these things that, you know, that could be improved by just bulking up some is something that we'll probably look to see in the next two to three years of his game. You know, because gaining weight for someone who's not used to gaining weight or body naturally doesn't gain weight because of the fast metabolism and all the work that you do regularly – you know working out basketball is one of those sports that's like heavy on the cardio so if you don't naturally gain weight it's going to make it that much more difficult and let's be real basketball players don't lift okay like that's not their strong (laughs) suit they're not in there like football players trying to bulk up mind you because they have to run so much so it makes sense but like 
that will be something that um, I would I would think any team would look to do is like, you know, get him on a heavier diet and get him in a space where he can try to put on the, the good, healthy weight, not just fat. <laughs> um, sure. And I think that will be the difference in like, you know, what we see from his game. Other than that. It's not it's not anything really it's like ticky tack stuff, you know, like anybody yeah. could find something wrong in anybody's game if you're really looking for it. But I wouldn't say it's anything to harp on or even put under a cons list. You know, it's nothing that consistent in his game. That's like, okay, you need to work on that. Um, Things that he can continue to improve on his ball handling skills, but like under the basket, how often will he use that? He won't. That's just something that's going to continue to elevate his game. So, yeah, I, I mean, with him, it's not as much as you would think, but there are obviously some things that would make a difference in Clearly, the one thing is the weight gain. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. I mean, it's always a difficult sort of balance to find, too, right? When you're thinking about guys who want to bulk up, because, you know, if you go too far to one extreme, maybe you kind of sap some of the stuff that made a guy what he was before he was drafted and before he came into the league, right? Like, you don't want to have Evan Mobley theoretically bulk up and then kind of lose some of that mobility that he has that's such a big calling card for him. I mean, this is kind of. The thing that happened with the Raptors and Jonas Valanciunas back in the early 2010s, where he was drafted as this like spry, like people compared him to like Joakim Noah and stuff like that, just by like the the mobility that he had. And then, you know, by like the third or fourth year he was at the Raptors, he, they just bulked him up so much and kind of sapped all that mobility and he became this sort of like paint bound center. And, you know, th- there's obviously a place for that and everything, but you don't want to it is a difficult thing to kind of figure out. And you'd hope that just like, you know, a typical 19 year olds is just going to fill out more and all that stuff anyway. And it's not going to be too much of a concern, but yeah, it's certainly something, especially on a team like the Raptors where there isn't going to be really the opportunity to like hide him at the four, right? Like they already have Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi on the wings. You know, you're going to have Evan Mobley be in a five and mostly playing the five for you. And so that is certainly something to keep an eye on. But yeah, in terms of the stuff I've seen too, there's very little that isn't to like about Evan Mobley. You know, the three-point shot, pretty low volume this season, just 35 attempts on the year or 40 attempts on the year. Shot 30%. You know, it, it is what it is. We don't really know. But the stroke, like you say, is there. The two-point percentage is off the charts. 61% on twos is really, really great. And a lot of that, it's the mid-range stuff as well. And then... You know, the free throw percentage is like 69%, 70%. That's fine-ish for a big man. You'd hope that improve, that would improve, and you would hope that, you know, some improvement there is sort of indicative of maybe the three-point stroke can come along as well, too. But, you know, even if he's a guy who shoots like ceremonial threes and isn't like a full-on stretch five all the time, he does so many other things that are really exciting. You know, there's no reason he can't be like a Bam Adebayo type where, you know, you're running stuff from the elbows with him and you're um, sort of running him as like the hub of your offense. That's really exciting to me too. And I think the way the Raptors use Marcus Gasol in that way, you know, Mobley could kind of fit into that with the things he does well too. So, um, you know, again, no 19-year-old is complete and there's questions with everybody, but the ones with Mobley are ones that I'm not terribly concerned about. And uh, he's a really, really exciting player who, once again, be pretty cool if the Raptors could get him at number four. And now this is, I believe, four straight days I've been talked into a different player being my preferred Raptors selection at number four. So I think we've had success on this podcast, Cindy. Um that's going to do it. I, I, I've taken enough of your time, enough of your expertise. I want to thank you so much for taking the time, Cindy. Uh, anything you want the people out there to know about? Anything you want to promote? 
Um, no, just if you are interested in Pac-12 sports, check out Locked on Pac-12 on the Odyssey app. Uh, we're talking basketball, football, going to sprinkle some women's basketball and WNBA in there when we can. And I was a former track and field athlete, so I kind of update you on some track and field awesome. stuff here and there. Yeah, so check us out. Other than that, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, I should say one of my five favorite basketball players of all time, a man whose photo is above this desk that the podcast recorded at, uh, Terrence Ross, a okay. Pac-12 man. So okay. uh, <laughs> look, there's a, it's a weird uh, 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 affliction I have, my, my Terrence Ross adoration. It's strange. No one else gets it, but it's okay. Um, that's going to do it for today's episode. I want to thank Cindy once again for coming on the podcast. And uh, that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back again on Monday, and we're going to continue on with the draft prep we're going to talk about trade ideas and all that stuff we've got a loaded week a loaded couple weeks ahead as i have just way too many ideas uh, of how to talk about the draft in all these different ways and i'm sure the soap opera that is the nba will uh force us to consider more fake trades for different players by the time monday rolls around anyway um that will do it thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you again on monday with another episode of locked on raptors in the meantime go and listen to locked on blue jays as your toronto blue jays are moving up the standings in the AL East and that's a lot of fun and AJ Andrews has you covered over there thanks everyone bye bye hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music Download the Amazon Music app today.